0: Good morning, City Light. My name is Doug, as Eric just said, and I've missed you guys. I was out the past two Sundays, one for a much-enjoyed staycation with my family, and then last Sunday, I was preaching for our brothers and sisters in Christ over at First Christian Church right here in town. It was great, but I have missed you guys so much. It's good to be back. God is doing something unique and special and refreshing in our midst, and I love getting to be a part of it. This morning, we launch a brand new series of messages coming out of a book in the Bible called Proverbs. And I'd like to start this morning with a question. What do you wish for? If you had a magic lamp and a genie came out and said, hey, I'll grant you your three wishes, what would you wish for? More money? Fame? A girlfriend who would call you back for that second date, maybe for worldwide hunger to end or more time with your family or friends. Or maybe you could think of it like this. If I were to say, I have all the money in the world and I could buy you anything, what would you want? What would you get? Maybe a new house or a new car, maybe a new body that doesn't get sick or tired or old. We all have something that we wish for. I would personally ask for my fixer-upper house to be finally finished in exactly the way that my wife wants it to be. I don't think that's too much to ask. And then after that, I would ask for some biceps. Just some biceps for these arms of mine. They don't even have to be huge. Although, I got to be honest, I got to confess, I would love some biceps like Tyler Mass, our college director. That would be amazing, and I don't think too much to ask. Well, in the Bible, there's actually a story where God shows up to a guy in a dream and does the whole, ask whatever you wish, your wish is my command thing. It happened to a famous king named Solomon. Solomon was the king of Israel In the son of David, another famous king. One night early in his kingship, Solomon goes to sleep and God shows up to him in his dream and says to him, Ask of me what I shall give you. Now that's a sweet deal. The Bible says that God owns a cattle on the thousand hills. That means he does have all the money in the world. The Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth. God can make things happen. With the snap of his finger or the word of his mouth, God can create something from nothing. So this is a sweet deal for Solomon. And Solomon's response surprises us. He asked not for riches or long life, or worldwide fame, he asks for an understanding mind so he can lead God's people well, so he can discern between good and evil, right and wrong. In a word, Solomon wishes for wisdom, and God grants Solomon his wish, but then Solomon wakes up from the dream He rubs his eyes and he goes about his daily life. But in the days and weeks and months that follow, Solomon shows himself to be incredibly wise. God really did grant him his wish to the point that the whole nation of Israel and leaders from around the world would want to come and talk to him and get his take on situations and hear the wisdom that God gave him. And for as long as Solomon loved God, his life was marked by wisdom. That King Solomon wrote this book of the Bible called Proverbs. He took the lessons he learned from watching his dad, King David, the lessons he learned from making his own mistakes, the lessons he learned from leaders around the world coming to talk to him and tell him stories. And he took all the wisdom that God downloaded to him and he compiled those lessons into a book, Proverbs. The more than eight, we boiled the whole book of Proverbs down to one statement. If you took the more than 800 poetic and potent nuggets packed into this divinely inspired book of the Bible and tried to summarize it, I think it would sound a lot like Solomon's life-changing dream. We can summarize Proverbs like this, get wisdom. Go get it. Chase after it. Find it. Love it. Hang on to it and never let it go. But not just any wisdom, not the wisdom of Fortune cookies or Fortune 500 companies. Get the wisdom of God. Chase after Him. Find Him. Love Him and hang on to Him and never let go until He gives you the wisdom needed to live life well. If you've only got one wish, wish for wisdom. Solomon says it this way in Proverbs 3, verses 21 and 22. My son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. City Light, those words were written nearly 3,000 years ago, but they have the power to transform our lives today. We're gonna look at them together this morning, line by line, and see why Solomon wished for wisdom. I think the first thing that we see in these verses is that wisdom is worth it. Wisdom is worth it. Whatever it is in your life, Wisdom is worth it. It's worth more. Wisdom is valuable and important. It's profitable and prized. Solomon says, don't lose sight of these. Keep your eyes fixed, your heart engaged, and your mind focused on wisdom. Earlier in Proverbs chapter 2, Solomon says to treasure wisdom, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to wisdom, call out for insight, raise your voice for understanding. In other words, wisdom is worth more than the cash in your wallet or the credit line on your card. Wisdom is worth more than the songs we play in our ears, in our headphones. It's better than the radio personalities we listen to. Wisdom is better than having a crush or being loved by your crush. Wisdom is worth asking for, researching, digging, studying, and begging others to share it with you. Wisdom is worth standing in the street, screaming at the top of your lungs and saying, I need you. In fact, that's what wisdom is doing, looking for us. And built her house. Wisdom is painted like a woman standing on a street corner. She has built her house. It is noble and wise and true. And she stands on that street corner and shouts, Hey, I'm here. You need me. I'm worth it. If you'll listen and learn, things can change. I am noble and right and true. So stop listening to the other voices that crowd your ears. And listen to me. Listen to wisdom. Get wisdom wisdom is worth it. Now as I'm saying this, and as you're hearing it, there's a good chance both of us are asking, really? Like I I know the Bible says it, and I'm guessing the Bible's right, at least I, I think it is, but to be honest, I'm just not feeling it. Wisdom is worth it? I know for me, what I feel, what seems to be worth it to me, is whatever's most, most urgent in my life. Right now, I'm feeling the urgency of my children needing to learn how to make their own lunch or dinner or wash dishes so that my wife and I can have one adult conversation per day. I'm feeling the urgency of how to help friends plant churches and meet people and build core teams and preach sermons. What I feel, what's up in my head, what clouds my thinking is whatever's most urgent at that time. For you, maybe it's finding the money to pay your bills, or your wife is disappointed in you and you want to be a better husband, or finding a date who wants to talk about Jesus and is socially normal. Maybe it's being a better employee or being a better boss, dealing with your family who's rude or mean to you. Whatever's urgent in your life, that tends to be what clouds your thinking and your feeling. You with me? In our culture, since we are so fast-paced, usually urgency drives our values. But here's why we should listen to Solomon's call in Proverbs 3.21. Don't lose sight of these. Don't lose sight of sound wisdom and discretion. Don't let the urgent crowd out wisdom. Here's why we should listen. All those urgent things in our lives, whether it's relationships to build or decisions to make or money to spend, all those urgent things are affected by wisdom. When you get wisdom and value wisdom more than what's urgent in your life, then wisdom makes whatever's most urgent in your life better. Wisdom gives you the twine with solemnity to handle the urgency of life. That's why what Solomon says, wisdom is worth it. It shapes and affects and helps us with all the crazy, busy, urgent stuff that packs our schedules day in and day out. Wisdom tells us how to find a job and keep it. Wisdom tells us how to love our wife or respect our husband. Wisdom tells us how to raise kids or find a date or plant a church. This illustration might sound weird, but I think it might be helpful too. Urgency is like the tail wagging the dog. Have you ever seen that? I mean, it's kind of cute, but it's also crazy and out of control. Wisdom is like a dog wagging his tail. He's there, he's ready, and he's wagging his tail. He's having fun. Or maybe to sound more like something out of the Bible, wisdom takes the brilliance of God Almighty It takes the intelligence of the one who crafted this universe and it brings the brilliance of God right down into the nitty-gritty urgency of our lives. That is wisdom and it is worth it. Solomon continues and the next thing he shows us in these verses is that wisdom is life. Wisdom is life. Look at Proverbs 3, verse 22. I'm, I'm pulling these first words in from verse 21, but track with me. Wisdom and discretion will be life for your soul. Now, we're going to do something a little different this morning, but play along. If you, wouldn't, if you wouldn't mind, just pause for a moment, close your eyes, and listen as I read this again. Do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Okay, you can open your eyes and look up. Thanks for playing along. Can I ask, did your soul just breathe a little bit? Did you feel that somewhere a little deeper than the touch screen in your pocket? That's wisdom. It's like oxygen for your soul. I grew up with asthma, and I mowed yards as my first job. That wasn't a wise decision, but it is what it is. And the thing with asthma is that when I'd mow yards and inhale a bunch of dust, I'd get out of breath, tighten up so much like lee, but I could keep going. I didn't have severe asthma where I'd tighten up so much I couldn't breathe. I still breathed, I just breathed poorly. So usually I'd keep working, keep breathing in more dust, and keep getting more exhausted. My breaths would take more effort and yet produce less life. Then eventually I'd get to the place where I was too tired to breathe and work at the same time, so what would I do? Any asthmatics? You know exactly what I would do. First, I would look around and make sure no one is watching. Then I would pull out my nerdy asthma inhaler, and I'd breathe out as much as I could, get it all out. And then I'd push my inhaler as I breathed in as deeply as I could. And the stuff in the inhaler would go into my lungs and Do what it does. It would help restore good breathing, normal breathing, deep breathing. And I was always amazed after my inhaler how easy it was to breathe, how good it felt to breathe. Wisdom is to my soul what my inhaler was to my clogged lungs. Wisdom is oxygen for our souls, And chances are, your soul hasn't taken a deep breath in days, or weeks, or even months. Like me, mowing yards with short breaths, your soul is tired, but still working hard. You haven't breathed out, let it all out, and then breathed in refreshing, clean oxygen in a long time. And the book of Proverbs is going to invite us over and over again to let our souls breathe with wisdom. Here's how it played out for me recently. Whitney and I, we have an awesome marriage mentor, someone we meet with on a regular basis who helps us invest in our marriage. He's that wise voice that I so desperately need. You may have a perfect marriage, but we don't. We affectionately call our mentor, Dr. J. He and I were meeting, I don't know, maybe nine months or so ago. And I was telling him how I was so excited to go to this conference with Eric and Jason. And then I was telling him how Whitney's just worn out and exhausted. She doesn't get much sleep and she's emotionally drained. But I kept going and waxing eloquently about this awesome conference we were going to go to. And we were excited about the road trip. And there were going to be these great sermons. And we're going to learn so much. And oh, that's just really too bad for Whitney. She's a conversational training and doesn't get any rest. And then Dr. J stopped me in my conversational tracks and asked me a simple question. Doug, did you pray about going to this conference? Did God tell you to go? And as soon as he asked the question, I knew I was busted. Of course I didn't pray about it. Why pray about something that's as awesome as a road trip with Eric and Jason and hearing great preachers preach great sermons? So I told Dr. J, nope, I didn't pray about it. And he said, Doug, your wife needs you right now. Maybe you should pray and see what God wants you to do. Well, I prayed, God talked, and it was clear. I stayed home and didn't go to the conference. And when I told Dr. J that I didn't go, he quoted to me Proverbs 6, verse 23. The reproofs of discipline are the way of life. Basically, he called me out in a really gracious way. That's the reproofs of discipline. I received that. And you know what it did for my soul? It gave me life. It was like oxygen for my soul. That week when I could have been at the conference but instead stayed home was refreshing to invest in Whitney, give her breaks, and receive the reproof from my dear friend and mentor. That wisdom was like a breath of fresh air way down deep inside. It was oxygen for my soul. Not only that... But it made our marriage better. Investing in our marriage, receiving that wisdom, made our marriage better, which leads to Solomon's third point. Look at the end of verse 22. It says, wisdom and discretion will be adornment for your neck. Later in Proverbs chapter 4, Solomon says that wisdom puts a crown of beauty on our heads. And earlier in Proverbs chapter 2, Solomon says that wisdom is pleasant, it's pleasing. We might summarize it this way for our third and final point wisdom is beautiful. Wisdom is beautiful. I mentioned earlier how Whitney loses sleep because she's taking care of our littles all night long, so I usually wake up before she does. She has to work through the night. Moms, you get this. You're never off the clock. Whitney works through the night. I try to get a little bit of sleep so that I can wake up and go to work. That's okay with me to wake up before her because one of the things I love about Whitney is that she's just as beautiful laying there in the bed without her makeup As she is when she has her makeup on. I like Whitney in a t shirt or a sweatshirt just as much as I like her in a dress or her Sunday best. But Whitney, being the woman that she is, she still likes to get dressed up and made up. Like on a date night, she likes to go and pick out a cute dress, spend some time on her hair, put on her makeup. And then she gets so excited to go into our bedroom and open this jewelry box thing that she inherited from my grandma. And she looks through her earrings her necklaces, her uh, bracelets, whatever it is, and she's looking for the one. The one that matches perfectly. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about when you're looking for the one. And guys, you know how long it takes her to find the one, right? For Whitney, there's always this perfect piece that will bring it all together and she wants to find it. She will seek after it and do whatever it takes to find it. She might go through four or five, or 45 other pieces until she finds that perfect necklace that pulls in the red of her dress and the hazel in her eyes and the sparkle in her earrings and pops out just enough to subtly and clearly say, I'm beautiful. Ladies, wisdom is like that final piece you pick out. Wisdom is to your life what that piece of jewelry is to your ensemble. It adorns you and takes the real beauty you have and gently shows it off to the world. Wisdom is beautiful. Wisdom adorns you and gives you a gentle pop to the rest of your life that makes others say there's something special about her. She's got it. So wisdom doesn't only give us the oxygen we need for our souls. It also gives us the beauty we want for our lives. In City Light, I want to invite you to get wisdom, to wish for wisdom, to chase after it, find it, and keep it in your sight. This wisdom of God is worth it. The wisdom of God is life, and the wisdom of God is beautiful. And to be super practical, here's how I want to invite you to get the wisdom of God. The book of Proverbs has 31 chapters. The month of July has 31 days, and today is July 1. Ta-da! My mom told me back when I was a teenager that I should read one chapter from Proverbs each day of the month, and I could read Proverbs in one month. Now, I've only done that a couple times in my life, but it was great. And I've known business leaders over the years who literally make it a practice to read one chapter of Proverbs every day, and they've read through Proverbs hundreds of times. They're getting wisdom. They're breathing oxygen for their souls. They're adorning their lives with the beauty of wisdom. And now I want to turn around and extend that same invitation to you. When you came in this morning, you should have been handed a bookmark that has a simple reading plan on it. Like today, read chapter one. Tomorrow, read Proverbs chapter two. And on it goes through July 31st, a chapter each day. If you miss a day, no big deal. Proverbs isn't really lined up in any particular order, it's kind of scattered, and you can easily just jump back in the next day into the next chapter. Then after you read your chapter, you're going to flip your bookmark over. You're going to pick one or two Proverbs from that chapter and soap your way through that Proverb or two. So it says soap at the top of the bookmark. We're not selling a new line of products here. Soap is something that's just going to help us read our Bibles and hear from God. You'll write down that Proverb or two. That's your S, your scripture passage. Then make some observations on it. That's O then think of some ways this might apply to your life. That's A. And you'll finish up by writing a short prayer that's connected to this proverb. That's P. It's all there on your bookmark. And as you read, you're going to find that wisdom isn't only life and beautiful, but it's also real. We're going to all do this together and we're going to read through Proverbs and find there's some Proverbs that are really fun and blunt. Like chapter 12, verse 1. Whoever hates reproof is stupid. Don't you just love the Bible? It just comes right out and says it. When I hate reproof, I'm being stupid. It's pretty clear. Or you're going to come across comical ones like chapter 17, verse 12. Let a man meet a she-bear robbed of her cubs rather than a fool in his folly. Can't you just imagine running through the mountains of Colorado, running away from a bear chasing after you because you got her cubs, and thinking, oh, this is so much better than hanging out with a fool in his folly. It's funny. And then you'll come across some proverbs that are difficult, like chapter 12, verse 21. No ill befalls the righteous. And you'll scratch your head, and your heart will hurt, and you'll wonder, how could the Bible say that, and yet I had to watch my loved one suffer through cancer? Or even, how can the Bible say that, and yet Proverbs suffer through cancer? As we read through Proverbs, there will be Proverbs that make us laugh, proverbs that make us cry. There'll be some proverbs that make us sad, mad, some proverbs that make us glad. And sooner or later, every single one of us will come to the place where we realize that we don't measure up to the standard of wisdom that Proverbs presents to us. I know as I read them, most of the time I feel like the fool or the sluggard or the prideful one instead of the righteous man that Proverbs talks about. I see the mistakes I've made way more than I see the successes I've achieved. Proverbs has a way of highlighting our foolishness, of putting its finger on our folly. That's okay. Let it. But then take your foolishness, take your folly, and bring it to Jesus. You see, Solomon was the king of Israel and the son of David, and he was given the gift of wisdom. But in the end, he too proved to be a fool. He turned away from God and died the death of a fool. But now, Someone greater than Solomon is here. He is the king of the universe and the son of God. His name is Jesus. And Jesus didn't only have the gift of wisdom, he lived a perfect life of wisdom all the way to the end. And 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30 says that Jesus has become our wisdom. That means that all the ways we don't measure up to the wisdom of God, Jesus does for us. In all the ways that we act like fools, Jesus doesn't. In the book of Proverbs, Jesus is the greater and better righteous man. And yet when we deserve the death of a fool, just like Solomon, when we deserve the death of a fool, Jesus steps in and he says, I'll die that death for you. And when we put our faith in him, that same Jesus who lived the wisdom of the book of Proverbs now lives in us. He died to forgive us for all our folly, but he lives to call us into wisdom. He died the death of a fool so that you and I can live a life of wisdom. This wisdom is worth it. This wisdom is oxygen for your soul, and this wisdom is beautiful. Let's pray together, City Light.